Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Chapter 17 A Swift Departure I stumbled upon his mother's obituary while browsing online. It was a solemn moment, reading through the details. The obituary mentioned his brother living in Philly with his wife. Legion's name was there too, along with his wife's. Intrigued, I took note of her name and decided to dig deeper. With a simple search in Metro Atlanta court records, I uncovered a divorce record involving Legion and the same woman mentioned in the obituary. It seemed Legion had filed for divorce around 2016, after his mother's passing. The legal document showed both had obtained temporary protection orders against each other, a tumultuous time indeed. Eventually, the divorce was finalized, and Legion moved on. Further investigation revealed that Legion and his ex-wife had once resided in Rhode Island. This shed light on the mysterious Rhode Island connection that had puzzled me for some time. As for his father's obituary, my search turned up empty-handed. Despite my efforts, I couldn't locate it. Frustrated but undeterred, I decided to try a different approach. Remembering his grandmother's name, I conducted a Google search. Initially, nothing relevant appeared since I was focused on Philly. However, when I shifted my search to Georgia, I stumbled upon a record indicating her passing several years prior. Delving deeper, I came across a website akin to legacy.com, where old obituaries were archived. There, I found a match for his grandmother's name, confirming her passing in July 2008. Reading through the obituary, I found comfort in the familiar details. It mentioned the family members she left behind, including Legion and his brother in Philly. But notably, no spouse was listed. Additionally, 
a brother in Nashville was mentioned, completing the familial connections. Once again, the list didn't include Shantae and Kim, my two sisters. So, naturally, I felt a bit puzzled. It seemed odd that they weren't mentioned. I mean, he's spoken to them several times while I was around, so I couldn't understand what might be the issue. Maybe there was some sort of family disagreement that I wasn't aware of. Honestly, I was clueless. Then there was the whole ordeal about our grandmother's passing from COVID. He was so emotional, crying and all, telling me about it. But it turns out she actually passed away in July of 2008. That's when I started piecing things together including what I think might be his first wife, although I can't be certain. Meanwhile, Legion's knee injury had him almost confined to bed. It started with a knock to his knee, which then morphed into an old football injury. He was seeing doctors, following their advice to rest, ice, and elevate it. Eventually, he moved to the guest room for more comfort. Let me be clear. I truly believe he was in pain. You could see it, and it was affecting him greatly. He was even dipping into my pain medication from when I had a miscarriage. And his appetite? Completely gone. When we first met, he was a size 3XL. But by May, he had dropped to a 2XL without any exercise or movement. It was worrying, to say the least. You know, I was really worried. Thought it might be something serious, like cancer. But he kept saying, No, it's not that. Just old football injuries. I kept insisting, Next time you see the doctor, I'm coming with you. It was getting bad. He'd brush it off, saying, Okay, I'll make the appointment. But then never follow through. I was adamant. I need to be there. Whatever's going on is serious. He was losing weight so fast. It was scary. Fast forward to June. Found divorce papers, not for one, but two ex-wives. Checked with his supposed alma mater, San Diego State. No record of him. Private citizen? Doubtful. Background check revealed addresses tied to two women he'd divorced. Also found out his grandma passed in 2008 not from COVID, in 2020. His birthday's on June 17th. Pastor and his wife, who was the real brains behind the operation, were shocked by what I told them. They knew something wasn't right. Pastor asked, you staying or leaving? I didn't hesitate. I'm out. Had to. Who was this guy in my house? And then the cherry on top lying about an ex's daughter's death. I couldn't believe the person I'd married. Here we are in June, and things are really starting to spiral. By now, I'd landed a new job, given notice at my old one, and was gearing up for the change. His reaction to my job hunt? Laughing. That laughter, oddly enough, became my motivation to push forward. At the start of the month, he's confined to bed, 
not just a little, but completely. He's technically still going to work, but he's calling out more often than not. The pain's getting to him. His appetite, almost non-existent. I'd come home from work to find everything exactly as I left it, untouched. It was as if he hadn't budged from bed all day. His diet, mostly limited to a couple of wings, if that. And the only thing he seems to be drinking is Powerade, gallons of it. He's visibly losing weight, down from a size 3X to maybe a 1X or 2X. His knee issue, which he attributed to a sports injury, felt like just the tip of the iceberg. I kept urging him to let me accompany him to the doctor, but he brushed it off, claiming the doctor said to just keep icing it. But I knew, deep down, something more serious was at play. Despite my concerns, there were other unsettling things I was discovering, things that made me question everything. In the early days of June, he was peacefully asleep in bed, and I found myself glancing at his phone. I confess, I couldn't resist the urge to pick it up. He had two phones, one for work and one personal. It was the work phone, a relic from his previous job at the condiment company, that caught my attention. It seemed he forgot to return it. And that's when everything unfolded. The work phone was deactivated, but the data hadn't been wiped clean. So, with curiosity getting the best of me, I started sifting through the messages. They were exchanges between him and someone named Peaches. Yes, Peaches. I scrolled back to the beginning, which dated back to June 2021. Now, let me set the scene. He was sound asleep, while I, locked in the bathroom, examined the conversation. From what I gathered, he met Peaches on POF, short for Plenty of Fish, a dating site. Their interaction began around February. Peaches, well, there's no sugarcoating it. She was a prostitute. How did I know? The messages left little doubt. She quoted prices for services like a hand job for $1.40 or oral for $1.60, $1.81 if he insisted on protection. He even inquired about the price without it. After the exchange of a few messages and photos, the conversation tapered off. It wasn't a continuous dialogue. There were gaps between messages sometimes weeks apart. The last message I could trace back was from a few weeks before the beginning of June. I remember receiving a message back in early May. It was from him, thanking me, and expressing how much he enjoyed our time together. He hinted at wanting to meet up again soon. Then there were more messages from her, letting him know she was at a different location now, it seemed she had moved. He promptly replied, saying he'd come to see her. He even asked for confirmation of the address, describing what he could see from outside. 
it seemed like he was right in front of her house as he texted. Later, after whatever happened during his visit, he sent another message, expressing his gratitude once more. As I read through these exchanges, I realized something that might not make sense to everyone, especially women. The fact that he was cheating didn't really affect me. I didn't cry or question myself. Instead, I felt relieved. You see, I had been struggling with thoughts about whether I should stay or leave. I knew divorce wasn't looked upon favorably, but I couldn't tolerate the lies anymore. So, when I found out about the cheating, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. I saw it as a clear sign that it was okay to leave. I felt like, thank you, Jesus. Now, I have a reason. It might sound strange, but that's how I felt. I knew I needed evidence. So I took pictures of the messages with my phone since it was deactivated at the time. I needed proof, just in case. Then, I went back to pretending everything was normal. The next part of the story is when he finally got kicked out. And let me tell you, it's quite a tale. On June 17th, 2000, things took a turn. You see, it was his birthday, a day that should have been full of celebration. But instead, as I entered his cluttered room with Powerade bottles strewn about, I knew it was time for a serious chat. He was glued to his phone, engrossed in his usual YouTube fix, watching those two guys tinkering with Jeeps. I couldn't recall their names, but their show was a hit. Sitting calmly on the edge of the bed, I broached the subject. Can we talk? I asked gently. He agreed, albeit with a hint of defensiveness in his eyes. Legion, I began, using his nickname. Let's be honest. Did you really attend San Diego State? His eyes rolled, and before he could retort, I reminded him to stay calm. You never went there, did you? I pressed on. Or lived in California? He fired back, insisting he had, showing me the house and recounting tales of his supposed time there. But my doubts persisted. I had called the university, and they had no record of him. His reaction? Empty. No shock. Just acceptance. We need to talk, I continued evenly. You've never been to California. You've only lived in Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. Emotions flickered behind his eyes now, as I calmly stated. This isn't working. We need to go our separate ways. His response was swift, questioning our marriage, pleading for another chance. But I stood firm. I don't want this anymore, I said firmly. I don't want you. We need to end this. Yet, he refused to accept it, declaring he wouldn't give up. But I had made up my mind. You need to leave, I instructed calmly. Call your family, pack your bags, and get out of my house. Despite his protests and excuses, I remained resolute. I don't have time for this, he argued. 
but I remained unmoved. I don't care. You need to leave. And with that, the chapter closed on our tumultuous relationship. I guess you're probably thinking, wow, she's really over the top. And truth be told, I do have a flair for the dramatic. But the way I'm speaking to you now is exactly how I was speaking to him when this whole thing began. I told him, you need to call your brother or your sister. She's in Douglasville, and you need to go stay there. You need to get out of this house today. At first, he was resistant, moving too slowly for my liking. So he called his aunt, and she ended up on speakerphone. Let me tell you, she was on speakerphone. She asked, what's going on? And he said, my wife doesn't want me anymore. She thinks I've been lying to her. I never lied to her. When I heard those words, it's like something inside me just snapped. The best way I can describe it is like that scene from the movie Carrie. You know, when she's at the prom and everyone's laughing at her and the blood is all over her. There's this moment where her eyes just go wild and you know, something's about to go down. That's how I felt. You pushed me too far. When he said, I never lied to her, I lost it. The calmness disappeared, replaced by an overwhelming rage. I could have taken on the entire Kansas City Chiefs or the Atlanta Falcons, one by one. Violence isn't my thing, but in that moment, it was like I was someone else. That statement, I never lied to her, just set me off. I went off. I was seething with anger. My whole body was trembling. I reached for my phone and dialed my mom. She was on the line, her voice calming, though she was miles away in Arkansas. My mom, she's a devout woman, always turning to prayer in times of trouble. But here I was, swearing like a sailor, unable to contain the storm inside me. Finally, my mom said, let me talk to him. So, reluctantly, I handed the phone over, feeling a mix of fury and fear swirling inside me. As she spoke to him, I glanced around the room, my mind racing. It reminded me of that scene from Waiting to Exhale, where Angela Bassett's eyes dart around the room before she takes drastic action. Except, instead of planning destruction, I was looking for anything I could use to defend myself. The lamp, the TV, the dresser. Everything seemed like a potential weapon in that moment. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. While my mom spoke to him, urging him to leave, I couldn't shake the feeling of impending violence hanging in the air. If he didn't leave soon, I knew things would escalate. I owe my calmness in that moment to a higher power and the prayers of my family. I could vividly imagine the chaos that would ensue if he didn't heed my mom's words and get out. I'm trying to recount this calmly now, but the memory of the rage I felt still simmers beneath the surface. The pure, unfiltered anger I experienced when he denied lying to me, despite my discovering just a fraction of the deceit, was overwhelming. My mom, bless her soul, spoke to him firmly, using my name to address him, a sign of her seriousness. Legion, she said, I can't physically be there to control my daughter, but in the name of Jesus, you need to leave that house before things get worse. She might do something regrettable if you don't. His aunt, sensing the urgency, chimed in from her end, urging him to come home to Philly, offering to send him money. Leave now, she insisted, before it's too late. That woman is dangerous. And so, with the combined urging of both our families, he finally relented, agreeing to leave. As the tension eased and the adrenaline subsided, I couldn't help but feel grateful for the intervention that prevented a potentially tragic outcome. Let's all just take a deep breath and move forward from here. I found myself in a whirlwind of emotions questioning the person I had chosen to spend my life with. As his aunt intervened, offering to send him money to return home, my voice echoed through the room, filled with frustration and anger. Oh, so you suddenly have money? Money stashed away in offshore accounts, maybe? Or perhaps in that Chase account of yours? You have the means to drive away, so do what you need to do. I exclaimed, unable to contain my exasperation. I made it clear to him that he had two options. Leave willingly or face being forced out. Despite his attempts to challenge me, remaining lounged on the bed with defiance, I approached him calmly yet firmly. I will confront you if needed. I dare you to test me, I asserted, my words carrying a weight of determination. His reaction was palpable, realizing the seriousness of the situation. Desperate, I reached out to family, seeking support and guidance, knowing I had reached a tipping point. It wasn't fear of him that consumed me, but rather a fear of my own actions. I had crossed a line within myself, teetering on the edge of a precipice. With a heavy heart, and a resolve to uphold my own dignity, 
I knew I had to take action. As his aunt's words finally began to penetrate his stubbornness, I steeled myself for what needed to be done. With a sense of resignation, I pulled back the covers, urging him to leave once more. My tone surprisingly composed, despite the turmoil within. The atmosphere in the house was far from peaceful when all of this unfolded. I found myself tossing things around, flinging them against the walls. It was a moment of intense frustration. I glanced at the lamp, and he noticed my gaze. There was a silent acknowledgement between us. He understood that if he didn't act, I might do something drastic with that lamp. Despite being in pain and still on the phone with his aunt, he mustered the strength to get up. She insisted on staying on the line, perhaps to ensure he didn't hang up. He hastily gathered his belongings, packing a couple of bags with his clothes. It struck me how he had so much of his stuff in the house. As he limped around, I watched him like a concerned observer. Taking in the state of the bedroom, I realized the extent of his recent immobility due to his knee and other issues. The sight of several Powerade bottles caught my attention. He had been relying on them so much that he hadn't been able to make it to the bathroom, using them instead to relieve himself. It was a revelation that left me bewildered and disgusted. I demanded answers as I helped him pack. The bottles went into the trash bag, but I needed to know what was in them. The truth made me even more resolute in my decision for him to leave. I assisted him in gathering his things, then went downstairs to retrieve the house key from his keychain. Returning upstairs, I grabbed his bags and headed for the garage. Opening the garage and popping the trunk of his car, I threw the bags inside with determination. There was no room for negotiation in my mind. He had to leave, and he couldn't come back. It took him a couple of hours, from the heated exchange to his actual departure. But eventually, he left the house once again. I'm feeling calm as I recount this tale. The atmosphere in the house, however, was anything but tranquil. He finally decided to change into some comfy sweatpants. As I observed him, I could clearly see the weight he had shed. Despite this, he slipped into his sweatpants, donned his shirt, and with a slight limp, made his way downstairs. He uttered, Are you really going to kick me out on my birthday? I simply met his gaze and silently opened the door. He shuffled through the garage, hopped into his car, and made a call. His aunt was still on the line, assuring him, I'm going to send you some money. It struck me then that he already had the funds. There was no need for her to send more. He didn't even have to head to Philly. He could have just booked a hotel for the night. Regardless, he had to vacate the premises. So, he drove off leaving behind a cloud of uncertainty. 
shortly after my mom called, inquiring if he was still around. I responded with a simple no. I refrained from divulging the extent of his deceit, even in the midst of my anger and frustration. I never mentioned my conversation with his ex-wife or how I knew he was lying about his stepdaughter. Revealing this would have only led to questions I wasn't prepared to answer. So I stayed true to my word and kept those secrets guarded. Eventually, he departed. I quickly reached out to a friend and my landlord, urgently seeking permission to change the locks. My landlord, Mr. Patel, was surprisingly understanding. I decided to change the locks, so I headed to Home Depot and got some new ones. I quickly texted a friend, asking if they could swing by to help me change them. When my friend arrived, I didn't waste time explaining. I just asked for their assistance. This all happened on June 17th, starting around 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning when I mentioned San Diego State to my landlord. By the time my friend left, it was around noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It all unfolded pretty fast. You might be wondering why I bothered asking my landlord at all. Well, deep down, I knew I wanted to move out. But I guess I hoped he'd surprise me with honesty for once. Unfortunately, he didn't, and that realization made me furious. When he lied to his aunt, claiming he never lied to her, that was the last straw for me. By one o'clock or one thirty, he was out of there. By two thirty, I had managed to clean up the bedroom pretty well. Thankfully, he had already thrown away the Powerade bottles, so I didn't have to deal with those. I stripped the sheets and anything else he had touched, tossing them into trash bags and taking them out. It was mostly adrenaline keeping me going, as I'm not a fan of packing. I went online and ordered some oversized tote bags from Amazon to pack up all his belongings. I couldn't believe it. Who had I really married? With a heart heavy and hands trembling, I began packing up his belongings. It was necessary, you see. Our home, once a sanctuary, now felt tainted. There were three bedrooms in our cozy townhome. One for guests, one masterfully crafted for us, and the other, a sanctuary dedicated to his passion for the Philadelphia Eagles. I carefully gathered his things, each item stirring a mix of emotions within me. His hurried departure had left behind a trove of treasures. Invicta watches, WWE championship belts, a collection of Jordans, suits, and Cole Hahn shoes. These were remnants of a life abruptly disrupted. As the clock ticked past 2.30, tears threatened to spill, but anger held them at bay. Methodically, I packed, each item a testament to the life we had built together, now shattered. Among his possessions lay a photo album, a cherished relic of his family's history. Despite my fury, I couldn't bring myself to destroy it. Instead, 
I tucked it away. A silent tribute to his deceased parents. He had promised to return for his things, so I held on to them, preserving them in the TV room until his inevitable return. June 17th, a day of conflicting emotions. Even as I sorted through his belongings, I remembered the birthday cake I had ordered weeks prior. It was a special cake, a testament to the love we once shared. With a heavy heart, I retrieved the cake from the bakery in East Point and carried it to my family's home. There, surrounded by loved ones, I sought solace in their company. As I shared my turmoil with my aunt, cousin, and grandfather, the weight of the situation felt a little lighter. And though my mother was miles away in Arkansas, her presence was felt in the warmth of our bond. It was hard to believe at first, but my grandfather confirmed it. He remarked how the man looked like a football player, with a twinkle in his eye. Grandparents, always with their keen observations. Anyway, after enjoying some birthday cake, we headed back home. I made sure to call my friend over to help me change all the locks and security codes. There was no way he was getting back into that house. Fast forward to June 17th. He started texting and calling, saying he had made it to Philly. Apparently, he drove straight from Georgia to Philly. He mentioned staying at his aunt's place. It was a brief part of the story, but an important one. I've already shared how we met, dated, and got married. Now, let's talk about June 17th and the days that followed. He kept calling and texting that week, from June 18th to the 24th. Our conversations were about divorce. He didn't want it, saying he'd fight me on it. I wasn't even sure about the divorce process, but I refused to stay in the dark. So, I did some research online. Found a website where you pay a fee, fill out some basic info, select your state, and they generate all the documents you need for divorce. Simple, right? Since we didn't have any joint property or kids, Georgia's laws suggested it should be an uncontested divorce. That last week in June was all about discussing the divorce. I need to gather my things from your place. It's been on my mind why we couldn't have a conversation about it, why there's no space for that. From the very beginning, you've been deceiving me, and it's hard to grasp. But, to be fair, until June 17th, 18th, 19th, I was oblivious to what I now understand. So, in the grand scheme, the deceit only made up a small fraction of the whole narrative. It was around June 24th or 25th when I organized my documents. It's amusing because by this point, I've seen your remarks about how old-fashioned I am for printing things out. I know, but I prefer using the website, typing everything out, and then printing the documents. I took a day off work 
as I was preparing for the transition to my new job. Leaving work early, I headed to the courthouse and initiated the divorce proceedings. I filled out the necessary paperwork, paid the fees, and already had the documents ready for your signature, which would facilitate the divorce settlement. Now, on to the next part, where I can recount what unfolded with you. You traveled to Philly and stayed there for about a week, perhaps three to four days. Then, out of the blue, I received a message on Facebook Messenger from a woman claiming to be your cousin. Oh dear, here we go. The cousin informed me that you were there, painting a completely false picture to your family. You spun a tale about how I kicked you out after catching me having an affair, accusing me of stealing your money, and then forcing you out. You even went as far as to fabricate a story about the man I supposedly had an affair with, claiming he was a law enforcement officer who used his service weapon to threaten you into leaving. This is the version of events you fed your family. The cousin reached out to me, wanting to shed light on the truth. She discovered me, found me while browsing through Facebook, and then she reached out, saying, We think he's not telling the truth. We're confused. He's asking for help, money, even a place to crash. What's happening? So, I listened, trying to make sense of it all. Is this real? She wondered aloud. We didn't even know he got hitched. This is news to us. I was baffled. How could you not know? I asked. He chats with his brother daily. Who told you that? She inquired. I've heard him on the phone speaking with his brothers, I replied. All his brothers, she repeated, puzzled. How many brothers does he have? I answered confidently. Four. But she corrected me gently. No, he only has two brothers. I was stunned. But I've heard him mention four, I insisted, listing their names. He has a twin and an older brother, she clarified. A twin? I echoed, surprised. And so began the journey of unraveling the truth behind his family tree.